The views expressed on this show by guests and the host on issues outside of the 9-11 controlled demolition evidence are the opinions of those individuals alone and do not necessarily reflect those of architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of 9-11 Freefall. I am the host, Andy Steele, and today we are joined by a great uh, volunteer with Project Due Diligence and a petition signer. This is Eric Francis Wright. He is a civil engineer in bridge and transportation structure design, uh, private and public firms. Uh, as I just said, he's a signatory to AE 9-11 Truth's petition, and uh, he's volunteered to give presentations for Project Due Diligence when they come up in his area. So we're going to be learning a lot more about this gentleman today. Let's go ahead and bring him into the stream. There he is. Eric, welcome to Nylon Hello. Freefall. Hello. Hi, Andy. How are you? Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. And I know we had to work out some technical issues in doing it, but uh, you've been very patient with us and you're coming through very clear and I uh, hear you very well. So we're going to be uh, getting into it today. And the first thing I'm going to have you do is elaborate on your career as an engineer. Talk a little bit more about it. All right. Um, I, I'll go from uh, where I started. Uh, I started... Um, I graduated from Temple University, got my uh, BS in civil engineering. Um, I interned after that um, for a private firm. I'm not sure if I want to name firms um, right now, but um, pretty uh, high level uh, private firm. I did uh, design for, for two years um, in the office. Um, after that, I kind of uh, went out into the field more. Um, I did work on the Tappan Zee Bridge project, which was a, a, a pretty um, huge project on the East Coast here. Um, I was there for four years, and now I'm at um, now I'm at the uh, state position, um, dealing with uh, transportation and uh, railroad railroad engineering. Very accomplished. And you know, our director of strategy, uh, Ted Walter, mentioned that Tappan Zee Bridge, and he wanted to make sure I ask you about that because he's familiar with that bridge. Uh, oh, really? It's very important. So basically, tell us about that construction project and some of the work that goes into designing bridges. I imagine it must not be an easy thing. No, it's not. Um, so during, during that time, I was actually an engineer for the contractor. So I was more on the field and construction side of the engineering. Um, I could speak to that aspect of it. Um, it was a, a huge, uh, huge project. Um, I believe they were doing design design for like seven years before, you know, they, they broke ground. But, um, you know, design build project, um, a lot of a lot of fast paced um, things going on, um, very large beams very large cranes um being used to uh set those beams in place um 
a lot of it was fast tracked, so they would uh like preassemble everything off site, bring it down on barges, and um um you know uh, uh erect it um on site you know off the barges. Um, I was in charge of a lot of the marine um aspects, so kind of um managing what was coming in and off site, what material was on which barge staging the barges for the for the for the day and um in advance and then um you know just general site safety um mooring um piles uh anything that had to do with the water i pretty much was like on a boat riding around on a crew boat in the water um all day for for four years so i got to see it um come up out of the ground and it, it was amazing Spending all day on a boat, that sounds like a very, uh, it probably wasn't super relaxing if you're doing work and stuff, but uh, it would be pretty nice, though, to go out into the water every day and uh, enjoy the weather, unless it's probably not good weather, then that wouldn't be as uh, enjoyable. I always okay. wonder, too, oh, I wanted to ask you, because I've always thought about this with bridges, that you get to a certain depth, right? And so you got to do some construction work pretty far under the water and embed that, I would assume, into the the ground, the, the very mm -hmm. bottom surface of the yeah. lake or, or wherever you're going. Um, just briefly, just tell us, like, what's involved in that? Um, so at, at first, I'll do a, uh, a boring um, report just to see um, how deep the bedrock is. Uh, you want the piles to hit bedrock. And um, uh, actually the way the Hudson River is, um, part of it was too deep to reach bedrock. So like half the bridge, you have piles that do hit bedrock and then the other half, they just uh, were friction, friction piles. So basically um, you have a pile driver and you know, it impacts the pile, you know, up to uh, it, they they basically measure the movement. And, um, you know, once you get like, uh, you know, less than, you know, half an inch of movement per, you know, three or to 10 hits or something like that, then they'll call it good and, and that'll be set for, for friction. But um, a lot uh, a lot of the piles went down about, um, I'd say like two to 300 feet. Um, they'd have to like splice uh, three, three at a time, something like that. So a lot of work goes into it. People drive over the bridge for probably, I don't know, 20 seconds or something. And they don't think anything about it, but a lot of planning and thought goes into it. You know, it reminds me of this meme I saw on Facebook where it shows uh, it was a meme about planning and I don't think it's real. I think somebody Photoshopped it, but it showed uh, two sides of a bridge being constructed and they're not meeting with each other. And it shows like workers standing there like dumbfounded and says yeah. about the importance of planning. I, I imagine if there was really a uh, disaster like that, they, we probably would have heard of it, but it's it's still pretty funny. Um, right. what, what drove you into engineering? What made you decide that you wanted to take this profession on? Um, I always grew up kind of um, into science, um, into, um, I liked architecture early on. I, I was first um, really, um, uh, absorbed with the pyramids and, and 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 fascinated about you know how they were able to do that um, during those ancient times. I think that was my first introduction to like engineering. Um, but when I, before I started college, I thought I wanted to be an architect until I um, kind of saw how artsy it was, and it was a little too um, you know a little too artsy, a little too 
uh, not enough, like, you know, structure that I was looking for. So then I, I gravitated towards engineering and that was a little more straightforward. I like the, um, the physics, you know, of it. And, um, I still, I still love architecture, but being able to know how, you know, being able to know how the materials and, and, uh, forces that you need to make these artsy architectural drawings happen is what um, I'm interested in the most. Well, that is probably the most important aspect of it is making it stand up. Sometimes you see some structures get designed and you wonder how is that even like staying up? You know, it seems like you can yeah. just tip it over with some weight to, to one side or something, but you guys yeah. are the ones that figure it out and make it happen. So God bless you. Um, and of course your perspective is so important when it comes to the main topic of this show, which is September 11th. So my earbuds falling out, let me put that back in there, but let's get to it. 9-11, tell us your 9-11 story. I think you wrote that you were in New York City that day when it happened. Yeah, so I was, I was 11 years old. Um, I believe that was sixth grade. Um, it was just a really airy day. Um, nothing seemed out of the ordinary in the morning. Um, up until well while i was in school you know going to school up until you know like i i believe it was around nine o'clock that it happened but um i guess late that morning the school got really quiet and a lot of um teachers were coming in and out of class um the principals were like walking around going class to class they weren't really telling the kids what happened until um people started coming and picking up their kids and uh, a lot of parents are like just picking up their kids randomly. And then, you know, they finally said uh, there was an attack in New York City. And um, from where I was in Queens, you couldn't see the towers, but you could see the smoke coming off the towers. And um, I was actually riding public transportation um, to school back then. And I just remember on the way home, it was just dead silent. Like, you know, New York City is really not that silent. Not not uh it's kind of like covid i don't know if you were in a city environment during covid but just imagine like all the people but just the same silence like nobody was saying anything and um i didn't see the actual footage of the towers until i got home and you know i spoke to my mom and she was you know so nervous and nobody knew what was going to happen but um yeah i'll always remember that day 11 years old um you know to this day i, re I remember how it went it must have been so crazy seeing the skyline of New York City for the first time without those towers. I mean, they were so iconic. They always appeared in movies whenever they would flash to like to signify that somebody's in New York City. The first thing they would show is the Twin Towers standing there. So, I mean, it was just so identifiable as a New York City landmark that just to see them gone for the first time and replaced by nothing at first, almost like two missing teeth. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I never went inside the towers. I I wasn't able to go to the uh, like observation deck, but I've been right outside um World Trade Center and um, like the new the new world the one World Trade. I personally don't like it that much. Um, but if if you were ever at the old World Trade Center, the magnitude like the size of those two buildings was. Like it's it's really hard to explain the the magnitude of the size of those two buildings. Like just looking up, 
um you know of course they're just like straight rectangular buildings but they were massive and and uh you almost had to like you know your your head would be hitting your back to um to look up and 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 see it straight up so yeah I remember I was there a year before I stood at that globe thing that they had there in the plaza. We were trying to find something else. And my friend said, oh, we're at the World Trade Center. And I said, OK, cool. But they were huge. And they just uh, you look up straight up and it seems like they just go on forever. How long did it take for New Yorkers, just New York City, the vibe in New York City to regain some sense of normalcy? after this horrible event took place. I mean, I was there in December afterwards and it still felt like just a weirdness floating in the air, just like uh, like you, you go to a funeral or something. I mean, how long did that feeling continue uh, since you were there in the city experiencing it? Uh, honestly, if you ask me, I'll, I'll say it never, it never got back. It never returned. It, it was always different since that day. Um, of course, everyone started, you know, to get back to work and to go on with their daily lives and, and do what they had to do. But the the vibe in the city has never been the same since then. Um, everyone has been on alert since that day. Um, you know, security became a primary issue with everyone since that day. So, um, you know, just uh, just being in the city, just it just wasn't the same you know you'd, you'd always think like hey i'm in this building this could be the last time that you know i might not make it out um no matter where you were um just because of 9 11. so i think that was always in the back of people's minds um and you know just being from new york you know i could go to the city now and i, I still feel the same way so you know. Yeah, it must have been, been even especially scary being a kid because you got TV telling you, you know, that this could happen again at any moment here. I remember how that was. And, I, you know, I was in Florida, so it was like, yeah, probably nothing's going to happen down here. This is before I knew the, uh, you know, about the controlled demolition evidence. But when you're there in New York City and you've already been targeted like that, I imagine that must be really scary thinking something could happen at any moment again. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I always try to to be positive and just try to stay away from like the the fear aspect of it. But um, the fact that it happened means that it could happen again, you know. And um, you know, I was I wasn't one to be afraid to go back into the city or, you know, um, you know, feel like uh, you know, it's not safe, but it just sits in the back of your mind that you know a lot of people died um on this day um from the from these buildings coming down and um there was uh there was nothing they they could have really done to to prevent that you know the and people, all they did all they did was go to work that day too that's uh that's, that's what they so did scary, yeah. you know that's all they um, did and you never know how fast things can happen. That's why it's cherish every day and every all the people around you for as long as you can, because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So you signed our petition, and I want to hear about how you started questioning 9-11. I also want to know, you know, what did it do to your world when you started to wake up to the evidence that uh, we were deceived? Um, when did I... You know, I, I've always been someone to, um, 
to to try and deal with facts, to try and approach things from a from a factual standpoint. And I guess what I was hearing is like the main the main thing that the media was pushing was that um it was a pancake collapse, you know. And um I can remember even even from uh, you know being 11 even from a young age I just never brought into the idea that that was a pancake collapse that um just seeing that the way it came down so I always from 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 the from the main um uh you know media story being a pancake collapse I always rejected that that notion and that that kind of forced me to to look into other um realms you know of you know the internet and social media to find other people who may might have felt the way i do and and that's how i found um ae for 9-11 truth so you didn't so you didn't believe this from the start good for you um yeah and that pancake collapse and of course they, they changed the official story well the official story came out about the pile driver but initially in the media you're right they were putting out this idea that the floors hit each other, falling like records on a spindle. Nobody even put out an animation to try to enforce this in people's minds. Of course, they left the core structure still standing in the animation, which looks good, except when you compare it to what actually happened, and that's not what happened. You can see that uh, there was nothing still remaining there. So that had to be quickly abandoned, but you notice this effort, instead of an intellectual curiosity into diving into why this actually happened, the media just kind of wanted to throw out anything, just anything to give you everybody an explanation so we could go on with the agenda as, uh, you know, as, as was laid out for us. And then they came up with a, a more re uh, an official right. story after looking at it more deeply. Right. And uh, uh, of course, I, I mean, I believe you know this and you, your viewers probably know this, but um, anytime that there's like a, an engineering um, um, mishap, a failure, um, a collapse of some sort, the immediate thing is to do an investigation of what happened. And when you investigate, you use the materials that, you know, from the the site, and you and you do a an, an advanced study using those materials to to find out you know what happened. And from my knowledge, the materials were like scrapped immediately, and just sent you know overseas for scrap. All that steel, you know, all the beams, the rebar, um, everything was just kind of shipped off. And in my opinion, they should have had it laid out you know, on a huge site somewhere where they could kind of literally lay everything that they could find back together and then find out all the failure points, the weak points, you know, where was it, you know, the bolts here, the rivets here, you know, what what caused it to, to collapse like this? Uh, I never got that answer. So that's, you yeah. know, why I'm here. Yeah, you never got it from the official people. Of course, we're, we're giving an answer. You're giving an answer by adding your name right, to that right. petition, questioning it, because the most likely evidence, well, was, what the evidence shows, the most likely explanation, is that it was controlled demolition. And that evidence never changes. I mean, the other side, you know, they've, they've kind of changed things over the years a little bit. Uh, they still stick with the pile driver theory uh, on the Twin Towers and, uh, uh, you know, the... Um, uh, progressive collapse on World Trade Center 7, 
but uh, even they don't even fully agree on their official story. So there's a weakness there, and uh, that's why we need in a new investigation and ultimately an acknowledgement. Because uh, to me, the story has already been told. We know we know what happened on that day. Um, so thank you for stepping forward and be willing to give presentations. You haven't done so yet, but we're going to be getting them in your area hopefully very soon. Now you're an engineer, obviously. You've got to go forward in life and make a, a career in doing this and, and deal with other engineers. I imagine discussions come up about different things at, at times that are off the topic of uh, your current projects. Uh, have there been any serious discussions in your engineering circles that have come up where uh, the Twin Towers or Building 7 have been discussed? And if so, uh, what was the, what, what were those like? Yes, yeah, it's, it's funny you said that. I um, so my first my first job working at the, a structural design firm, um, like high level firm, like I said. Um, this was around uh, let's say like twenty thirteen. Um, I forget what happened, but for some reason, World Trade Center was like being spoken about. Um, and I and I've asked I asked um some of my coworkers, um, most of them were way more qualified than me. Um, you know, um, you know, guys that have been practicing for, you know, much longer than me, um, you know, licenses, everything. Um, and I asked them, you know, do you believe like this, um, happened because of the, the planes, you know, do you, do you think the planes cause this building to perfectly implode? And they were, they were so, taken back they were like well what what do you think happened and you know i said well you know i i don't know exactly but i don't think this happened because because of um planes um crashing perfectly into these floors that that made it perfectly implode and um they they just really they couldn't give me an answer but they kind of just brushed it off as if i didn't know what i was talking about and they they kind of just brought the the initial story. Um, there is one there's one pivotal point. I don't know like if you want to get to this yet or 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 what. But um, there's one pivotal point during the collapse. I forget if it's the North Tower or the South Tower, but the the top portion. I guess when you say the pile driver effect, the top portion that was supposed to be pushing down the rest of the floors under it. If you look at the spire during that collapse, it started to go off on an angle. And it was almost on a like, I would say it was like 60, you know, maybe 70 degree angle. Um, you know, let's say 20 degrees off center. It, in my opinion, if that started to happen, it should have continued to topple and not bring down the rest of the floors under it. It should have toppled over. And then those floors would, would be standing with that top piece, you know, falling over onto the ground. So the fact that the the fact that that spire started to lean and then it, it recorrected and, and centered itself, that tells you that there were other forces other than that top portion pushing the building down. Because if, if it was leaning, it would it would follow that trend and one side of the building would be collapsing faster than the other. And I would force to topple, but that's not what happened. So in order for it to correct itself, that means that 
either there was nothing there, you know, there, there, the it was giving out under itself, and the top portion was not pushing the rest of the building down, or you know, there, there were there were some other forces that that caused um the spire to correct itself. That's right. It's a very good point. You know, a couple of years ago, I made a little cheat sheet of all of these uh, facts and things to cite, and that is right on it. And that is something that should be taken into account more and more. It's a great point you bring up there because, uh, yeah, some kind of correction happens. I think it's on this. I think it's on the South Tower, unless I'm wrong. But uh, I think it was on the one without the antenna, so that'd be the South Tower. And it does. It starts to go to the side, and then there's some kind of uh, action that happens that causes it to change its direction and then fall into the building where it should have fallen onto the plaza below. So you're talking about uh, in 2013, you're a young engineer, you're talking about this at uh, work and you uh, basically just kind of uh, hear them reinforce the official story, uh, but they really haven't studied it all that much. You know, engineers, because uh, the other side will come out and say, oh, you know, they don't agree with you, but you come to find out a lot of them don't even know there's questions about why these towers came down. Uh, they just were handed an official story. They nodded their head and went on with their lives and whatever projects they were working on. So I want to try to address the fears of engineers out there who might be watching this and saying, oh, I can't start talking about this because, uh, you know, because of this or that or the whole sky is going to fall on me or, or whatever. Um, hypothetically, if this comes up at a lunch break and an engineer just emphatically states, I don't believe the official story. I think there were explosives involved. I mean, what, what is the worst thing from your experience that can happen to them? Um, the worst? Uh, in my experience, the worst thing that could happen is that um, people will think that... Um, I mean, I don't even know. They'll, you're you're entitled to your opinion. Like I, I don't think um, I don't think anything bad could happen per se. People might not maybe want to talk to you about this topic. Maybe you know, maybe they maybe they'll distance themselves from you um, on certain topics. Um, I don't think you'll get fired. Um, that's my opinion. You know, may, maybe if you're, you know, maybe if your boss lost someone in 9-11 and, and say, you know, I don't think this is bad. Maybe if it's personal, um, you know, there could be some type of back. But I think that's really far out. I think, in my opinion, the worst thing that could happen is people just um, think that you have out there, you know, kind of out of this world um, opinions and maybe they'll, they'll distance themselves from you. Maybe you'll lose a, a friend or two but that's it. I'll tell you what, I graduated from high school a long time ago and I left that world. So if people don't like you because you tell the truth or state your mind, you probably don't need them anyway. That's my personal view. And yeah, I mean, if somebody lost their family on 9-11, you might want to, you know, you might want to factor that into what you say. But if you're out in Oklahoma or something and, uh, you know, the chances of them having lost someone on that day are, are less, I say speak loud and speak proud because that's the only way that we're gonna ever have a cultural change on this issue is if people stop being afraid of uh, you know being called a name or something uh, and just uh, speak the truth. And then it emboldens everyone else around you to start speaking the truth right. too, or, or at least looking into it. Right, but like, yeah, going back to what you were saying, the, the idea that I got from it, from bringing it up with a, a, a few coworkers is that they never questioned it. 
they they never questioned um the story like at all they just you know i sent them a couple videos on youtube um you know i said you know watch this and, and get back to me and i was I gave them timestamps and, and things to analyze. And I know these are, you know, highly analytical people. They they have knowledge of uh, of structures and engineering that, you know, I don't have, but um they wouldn't they wouldn't even question it. And um I think that's the main thing is is just are you going to uh just go along with the norms or are you going to um be a person that um seeks truth and um are you going to be satisfied with with information that you don't think is um good enough you know at the end of the day yeah and a lot of people pass the buck they say hey it wasn't my job to investigate it i don't want to deal with this i don't want to look into this i don't even want to know this but we all need to know this because as we all know the authorities, the people that we paid all this money to through taxes to investigate this, they gave us a whitewash and they didn't incorporate the uh, the observable facts. That's what William Benny said in his uh, statement when he signed the petition, former NS, uh, NSA director said, and that's a perfect way to state it. You just ignore evidence, ignore facts that you can actually see there on the camera. Um, so we all have to be vigilant. We all have to be aware of this and especially the people like yourselves with engineering backgrounds who... Uh, have something to say on this. Um, this is a question I wanted to ask. And I haven't asked an engineer this yet, so you're the first. Do you think as an engineer that by constantly propping up this official story, you know, by the media, government, not allowing talk of controlled demolition, uh, do you think they're doing a disservice to the engineers that put these buildings up to begin with? You know, the people who made sure that these things could stand, even that they could withstand airplane impacts up to a certain size and all of that, you know, took into account all of these factors, knowing that these were going to be very important buildings in the skyline of New York, having lots of people in them. I mean, do you find it as an in I mean, I know you're not one of the people who put the buildings up, but would you find that as an insult to not even allow investigation into this, you know, whether or not another force brought these buildings down they had nothing to do with the uh structure uh it's a huge disservice i mean the first thing they'll teach you on engineering is um ethics is is having the code of ethics and you know there's certain um positions or or careers out there um you know doctors um lawyers um you know judges um you know th things of that nature where being ethical is basically like your your highest priority of the job you know being able to do the job of course is most important but then conducting yourself with, with a code of ethics is what governs that career to be as um as important and needed in society as, as it is and if you are um giving out false information then that's unethical so you violated the code of what it takes to be an engineer and not only did you violate it you're you're spreading this information you're you're writing it down in history as something that it's not so you know it's not just like you're telling a group of friends this is this is history we're, we're living this um you know, my uh, it, I have kids. I have three kids, so 
if one of my sons um, opens a book and, and reads about 9-11 and he reads, you know, it, it happened from, um, you know, jet fuel and, and the power driving effect from, from the top of the building, he's going to think that's what happened when that's not what I believe in, in uh, you know, uh, you know, a lot of us do. That's not true. So um, I do believe is is very morally wrong to keep pumping out information um, as they are. Right. And you're not teaching them to think either, you know, to think for themselves. I mean, just even an acknowledgement that there's other people who question this out there, putting that in our history books, too, at least that lets you know that the story is not settled. But of course, they're not going to teach the kids that because that'll open up a whole can of worms. I think third grade is around the time they teach the patriotism and all that stuff. So. They certainly can't have them, uh, you know, uh, doing the Pledge of Allegiance in the morning while telling them, well, you know, the government's lying about why these buildings came down and all these people died. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. It's very true. It's very true. Yeah. So you mentioned that you have kids, and this is actually, and we didn't plan it this way, I swear, but this actually kind of goes into my next question because we're handing the kids, all of them, a world here where this big lie has been solidified in the public consciousness. Um, I know you already sort of talked about this, but please elaborate. What do you think about that fact that this is just going to be cemented in the next generation's minds if we don't succeed at what we're doing? Um, that's scary. That's scary. Um, it's scary because Look, that 9-11 is not the only um, historical event that's been missed, um, you know, misdocumented, uh, per se. You, you, we, we know this has happened before and it will happen again. But it's scary to know, at least to, to be so close to it, you know, as an engineer, I practice in the profession, um, to be so close to it and to know that there's misinformation being cemented in history is scary because now now what do you believe it, you know it is it just opens up a whole um it just opens up that whole can of, of worms because if they could if they could easily you know piece this story together and literally the world just all right keeps moving now as if you know okay that's what you say now we're just gonna you know as if nothing happened, um, what what else have we been lied to about? And and at what point, where do you draw the line to where the truth is acceptable to tell? You, you know what I mean? There there's no line. It's just it's just um, it's just whoever's in power for you know whoever has the the common interest they're going to tell the story that that benefits them and um it's sad but i know there's a lot of people out there that that understand these things that i'm that i'm talking about and um there is information out there it's just not the majority it's just not the popular one but in a case like 9-11 i do i feel like in my lifetime it's going to come out that um, the NIST report was not true. Um, and 
I don't know what's going to be the the backlash to that happening, but I do believe it will happen. And there's a lesson right there is that the winners are the ones who write history or whoever is in power and uh, they can't control everything. I mean, they can't micromanage every aspect of society, even when they pave over an entire field, dandelions still grow up through the cracks. And those are the people that we have to seek out and get a lot of information from. But we got to win this in the end, because uh, if they're lying about that, what's the next thing they're going to lie about, you know? So you're a man of science, and you mentioned earlier that uh, you started off in architecture, but then, you know, you wanted to go to the more solid science of uh, keeping the building standing. I'm paraphrasing, but I want to know, why is it so important to stick to the science when you're taking on a deception this big and, and avoiding speculation? Um, science is fact. Science is universal. And I was going to say this point before. I believe, I believe what they're saying about 9-11 is, is that um, a couple things happened um, physically that have never happened before. Um, as far as like structures and buildings. And to say that you're saying like this on this day, this this one event happened that has never happened in history. Is you're going, you're pushing it really far, um, away from you know the the science, because you know um, we've seen we've seen um, buildings come down before, and nine eleven has it, it resembled other buildings that came down, but then to say that these buildings came down in a way that has never happened in history you know i guess like the speed uh, they were coming down in free fall um speed and and to and to document that in history is is absurd to me it's really absurd um that and i and i can't believe that more people you know in the, in the in the community and in the profession don't don't question something like that because um like I said, science and physics, these are these are fact. These are what govern our universe. Um, the laws of physics pretty much stay consistent until you like go to uh, other depths of the universe, until you start going into black holes and, <laughs> you know, you start messing with masses amounts of gravity and stuff like that. But on Earth, you know, things are going to remain um, pretty much the same, you know, um, across the board. Um, physically or you know physics wise so then to go and say um you know this is the first time that that this happened and and not explain it properly you you're you're really i believe we're hurting ourselves you know or the people that are saying that we're, we're it's doing more damage than it is good in my opinion yeah and uh people always say where was our air force on that day i say where was our physics physics stood down on that day because they still apply even during a big mass casualty event even when there's political ramifications from the event the physics still apply and you're absolutely right it was the first time that uh especially in the case of building seven no airplane hit it i mean how do you even try to explain that well they try to they try to it doesn't make a whole lick of sense uh, but they put it out there and they've got a huge corporate media conglomerate out there reinforcing it. I mean, somebody just wrote into us. And they said this is the biggest mass perception event uh, in, in our history where they're trying to control the perception 
right. of this entire thing for the last 20 years. Um, and a lot too, like when the first, when the 9-11 truth movement first started really getting legs around 08, 09, I mean, they just put on a huge amount of propaganda, history channel and all of that. And then every 9-11, they come up with the same stories, um, just uh, trying to reinforce that official story and put it down. So uh, we've got the facts. We just got a sociological problem here. And I want this kind of leads into my next question. I always find the scariest horror movies to be the movies where everybody is going along with a crazy thing and there might be one or two people that are like, this is crazy, why are we doing this? And there seems to be like a madness around everyone else in the society and you could apply that to this situation. That's what I find to be the most disturbing about this. I wanna know the entire situation, the fall of the towers, the uh, fact that it was demolition and they refused to even look at it um, this, you know, the post 9-11 world, essentially, what do you find to be the most disturbing about it? Most disturbing. Um, the most disturbing is, is that it was so quickly, um, generally accepted. Um, the most disturbing is that, um, people, innocent people died and, um, you know, we all seen the people that jumped before the towers, you know, fell and all that stuff. Um, you know, those those people are owed um, the truth. They're they're owed the right to know what happened. Their families, their um, you know, their their future, um, their future families. A lot of them had kids, you know, that that will grow up. Um, they're they're old to know the right that happened, and I think it disturbs me that the world kind of just brushed over this event, um, and you know now those those casualties are just seen as an accident, and um, nine eleven it, it happened too perfectly to be an accident. Right. And by, by accident, what do you mean by like just the fact that the, the, the buildings came down because of the airplanes when uh, they didn't expect it to happen? Right, right. Well, I mean, I, I would I would guess most people would um, most people would see it. It, it. it was a terrorist attack. You know, most people would say. Um, but I don't know if people think that um, the plan was for the buildings to come down. I think, you know, I think people think, all right, planes were hijacked, they ran them into buildings. I don't think anyone expected the terrorists to, to have planned for the buildings to perfectly implode on themselves. So in that aspect, I would say it's an accident that the buildings came down. But um, again, if you look at how perfectly it happened, I mean, it's, it's really sad, but at the same time, it's kind of amazing if, if you if you really think about it if you look at it from a scientific and in physics point of view like we were saying um it's, it's it's kind of incredible the way that it happened um there was minimal damage to all the other buildings in the area um you know some of them had had, had massive amounts of damage but if you think about how much building like uh, what is it 220 floors for the the two main towers 
um, if you add them up and then building seven, for all of that to come down perfectly implode and, you know, the rest of the area basically remain standing, it's kind of incredible. I don't know if that could happen again if you planned it again. Um, so that being said, um, it's really it's really disturbing that it happened like that and then people are just gonna be, you know, herded, you know, like sheep to believe um something that's not true. Right. And it's a hard event to replicate scientifically too, unless you're using computer models like the University of Alaska. I know people write into us and say, Oh, you know, maybe uh, you could fund having airplanes crash into tower like structures. It's like, come on, you can't do that. You know, you can't replicate what happened. So it makes it very hard to well, it's not hard to investigate, but it gives the other side something to argue about because there is no like event where you just sit down and put down lawn chairs and watch it and see if you can make it all uh, happen again. It's like a one-time thing. And then, as you said, all the buildings in the area, I mean, they caught fire and there was damage, but they didn't come down straight down symmetric like World Trade Center 7. And the minor amount of damage on the corner of Building 7 had nothing to do with initiating uh, its collapse. Even NIST acknowledges that. So they got to come up with a flimsy thermal expansion story. Um, young engineers watching, common question I ask, and you got some experience under your belt now, so uh, you can give them advice. How do you stay true to yourself out there, uh, especially when issues like this come up and still be successful in your career? How do you move forward in your career without compromising? Um, you, you have to, you have to be able to separate, um, you have to be able to separate your truth from the media. Um, you have to be able to separate where you stand as a person from the masses of people. Um, you have to play the game to get by, you know what I mean? If, if you're a young engineer and you're on the come up and you know, you want to do what you have to do and, and reach those 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 high level um, positions. It's probably not going to help you to 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 um, state where you stand, you know, about topics like this. But at the same time, you have to you have to know and you have to keep that um, alive that, you know, the truth, even though, you know, everyone else around you um, is believing the lie. You know what I mean? And then I guess the next step is to find other like-minded people who feel the same way, which is how I got to, you know, AE, AE Truth um, is because for the longest, I felt like I was the only one, you know? So when I saw this petition and I saw, you know, all the, um, you know, the the the, the media and, and, and documentation that um, was created around this to, to support, you know, the... Um, the other um, non-supportive uh, theory, theories of, of how the buildings came down, you know, I, I instantly jumped on because I, I was I was looking for that. I was looking for other people that I knew I couldn't be the only one that that felt this way. And um, you know, I found them. So I would say, you know, know your truth, keep your truth, no matter no matter what you have to do. Um, you know, play the game, but also 
uh, align yourself with, with like-minded people and, and that's how you'll grow strength to, to actually create a change. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, someone's got to be bold first. Someone's got to speak out. And, uh, and then the first followers are important too. There's actually a video that talks about this and <clears throat> how important it is to give somebody that credence and, and back them up when you agree with them. A uh, common thing we always hear is, oh yeah, you're right about 9-11, controlled demolition, but this can't come out. America couldn't survive it. You know, our, our stock market would crash the next day. Uh, all the food would disappear from the shelves, trucks would stop running, and uh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it just for those 3,000 lives that died on that day. That's the essence of what some people say. Do you, what do you think? Do you think America could survive a, a revelation this big? Um, I, I do. I, to be honest, I don't even think it would cause that much of a disruption. You know, sadly, I mean, the state of uh, just politics now, I think people are people just want to survive right now. You know what I mean? And the fact that, you know, time does help Um, it being, you know, 20 plus years since, since 9-11 that that does help. I think if the truth came out like a year or two after it would, it would have a huge a much larger effect but um you know now i mean uh correct me if i'm wrong i might be going off too far but you know pearl harbor isn't that isn't that um accepted that that wasn't um like an a, a attack um on the u.s for, for the most part that was kind of like I, a, a staged yeah, event I, I don't know I don't know. I've read a few things about it, and uh, there was, I mean, it, it seems that they were doing a lot of stuff to uh, sort of provoke it, you know, um, but I don't know the details of, um, you know, how much they knew beforehand. It certainly got us into the war and had that Pearl Harbor effect that uh, gets cited later on by the PNAC people. Um, but yeah, it, you know, there's a lot of things. It's, it, you know, here's what I could say about it. It seems like when I was growing up in history, I had this perception you know, watching G.I. Joe as a kid on the Saturday morning cartoons, that it was always a situation. Every war that we got into was a situation where we were the good guys. We got unjustly attacked and we had to go avenge it. You know, like some kind of action movie, Charles Bronson. You know, there's a mild-mannered architect. Yeah. His family gets attacked, so now he's got to go out and, you know, pump a bunch of people right. full of lead, you know? Yeah. And that was, like, what I grew up believing. Like, we're the good guys, and, uh, you know, look how colorful our flag is. Their flag is kind of creepy looking and has some very, you know, like, greens and things like this. So they're the bad guys. And, um, you know, <laughs> and so that that's what I grew up thinking. So it just seems very fortuitous that a lot of things always begin with these kinds of stories, like Pearl Harbor and such. There's yeah. usually a little bit more to the story. Right. Um, in anything when you dig into it. So that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, so like, similar to what I was saying, since Pearl Harbor happened so long ago, I think if it came out today that, you know, it was it was kind of self-provoked to enter into a war, I don't think the stock market would crash. So I think 9-11 now has that same effect that if it came out today that, you know, this was kind of um, provoked so that we could enter a war for other, um, you know agendas the the market wouldn't crash you know some people some people would even not believe um that statement even if it came out officially they would still you know go with the um they, they you know people are going to believe what they want to believe they're going to refuse certain things 
And like you said, everyone wants to believe that um, we're always the good guys. And I, I will say this, I did, I, I do think of this sometimes from a high level standpoint. And I will say that if you want to have one of the strongest nations in the world, there's certain things that you may not be able to tell the citizens if you want to keep that power. I believe 9-11 is one of those things. But like I said, you just have to know your truth and, and keep that true to yourself. Right. And I, I always say the 3D effect of our activism is we make people smarter. You wake people up to this. It's like a starting point to say, hey, don't believe everything that you're told on television out there. It's not really good for you. And look out for yourself and take care of yourself. And I, I don't have any money in the stock market, um, so I'd probably be OK. But even so, you know, I think uh, I think we'd be better off as a as a country by living in the truth it's like if you're if you're a woman in an abusive relationship and you're getting smacked around like you might have some security here but your life is uh very bad from one day to the other so it might be better to just set yourself free and stand up on your own two feet i think america would do the same thing americans all over the country um all right probably last question here because we're running low on time but uh engineers might be sitting on the fence they're watching this trying to get their courage up. Why do they need to sign that petition? Why do they need to uh, just uh, ignore their fears or put them aside and, and add their name to the list along with you? Um, I get that there are three things that kind of, um, there are three things that kind of uh, stood out to me about 9-11. Um, one of them was Aspire that, that we spoke about, you know, it started to lean in and then it corrected itself. The um, the other one was like the pancake collapse. If you look at the debris, the rubble, it was way too too low. There there wasn't enough debris for um, 110 floors to be um, collapsed on each other. And then um, the third was that the the rubble was um, hot. There was like a molten fire um, under there for for weeks. I think it was more than two weeks. The 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 steel was melted. And then if you if you do studies on the the temperature it takes for steel to melt, you would realize that um, it couldn't just be jet fuel. And um, if you have melted steel, then there has to be something else that happened. So those three things I would tell anyone on the fence to look into um, again, watch the videos again. And if you're comfortable with the, uh, you know, the NIST um, recollection of those things, then just go, go ahead, just go about your life like nothing happened. But if, if those things start to stand out and um, you believe that things are not adding up, then, you know, continue to continue to, to, to go down that, that rabbit hole and, and do your research and you'll, you'll eventually um, find places like this where you know other like-minded people um believe the same thing that you believe and go from there what if they're scared they say you know I, I i can't do that i i can't have my name out there associated with uh this even if i believe it 110 percent um fear fear is not going to help you um you know, if you're scared, 
that's okay. A lot of people are scared. You're you you can be scared. <laughs> you you can um, choose to not do anything, but it just depends on how you see yourself. Are you someone that holds the truth, um, you know, in the highest regard? Um, are you someone that you know believes that uh, you know? as far as like physics and, and um, universal laws, if, if these things um, have to stand true and, and, and be universal, then you would know that, you know, it's not about fear, it's about, it's about science. And I, and I think if you approach it from a scientific standpoint, the fear kind of pushes itself away. You know, like, like we, we kind of set offline, we, we never really jumped to, um, why or 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 you know what 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 the what the why of the whole thing is but just look at how it happened and what actually happened you know we could we could save the why and the agendas for 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 somewhere else but if you just stick to the facts stick to the physics stick to the engineering um the the you can support yourself like through the fear you know what I mean? Because you're you're speaking fact, and um, I think fact will always defeat fear. Those are the words to end it on, Eric Francis Wright. Thank you so much for stepping forward, being part of this important effort, and of course for coming on nine eleven freefall today. Thank you, thank you for having me, Andy. I, I appreciated the uh, conversation, and look forward to talking about it more. Thank you. There you go, folks. Another 9-11 free fall. Great guest here. Uh, remember, if you have any suggestions or comments about these shows, you can go to 911freefall.com or ae911truth.org. This is Andy Steele saying I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.